Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. So uh, this morning, I would like to speak to you all about this. Strength in weakness. It seems to be at the heart of this passage in Hebrews 11 that we've just read together. And strength in weakness is a thread that runs through the whole Bible. And it's also at the heart of the gospel. But I'm aware as um, we think about this theme, strength in weakness, that the world tells you and me to be strong. And the reality that you and I know is that actually we're quite weak. And uh, I realize more and more as I go through my life, as I face battles and challenges and difficulties, quite how weak I am. I am insecure. Uh, I am impatient. I can be impulsive. Uh, I live with a constant sense of imposter syndrome. Uh, and these are the, just the ones that my wife listed to me this morning. <laughs> Uh, and I've got a much longer list that I'll share with you afterwards if you'd like it. But, I mean, I'm being serious. I, I think we all, if we were brutally honest, have a long list of those things that we see as our weaknesses, that the world does not encourage us to share or portray. The writer to the Hebrews is coming to the end of this, this amazing list of saints, men and women of faith. And over the last uh, couple of weeks, we've looked, I mean, just looked, back through chapter 11. We've looked at Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Jacob and Joseph and Rahab and others. And then we get to verse 32 in the reading that Avon just brought us uh, of chapter 11. And the writer to the Hebrews says, what more shall I say? I don't have time. And then he goes on and lists an, a number of uh, other characters that we read about in Scripture. And in verses 33 and 34, we begin to get a sense of how these men and women are grouped together. So we read about men and women who've conquered kingdoms, administered justice, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames. And there is no doubt that through God's people, as we read through scripture, that his glory is revealed in some most miraculous and majestic ways. And we see some of that highlighted here in sort of almost his footnotes as he gets to the end of this list of those who by faith have done great things for God. But we also need to hold intention the fact that these are people. If you were here last week, Natalie underlined that. These are men and women. They're human beings like you and me. And they're weak and broken and vulnerable and persecuted. They're fearful, challenged, hard-pressed human beings with just one thing in common. Their faith. They trust in God. And we read here too about their weaknesses. Have a look at verses 35 to 37. It's quite a list. They face lions fire, armies, torture, imprisonment, jeers, flogging, poverty, homelessness, destitution, 
And we know that some of them face death itself. And so these men and women are not superheroes. We're not to view this list in that way. Think of Gideon, who is listed here. He was a total coward at first. Think of Samson, who had problems with lust. Or David, who committed adultery and then organised murder. These are not powerful, conquering kings and queens who were confident in their own ability. They had no idea of what battles lay ahead of them. And they weren't even guaranteed how God was going to get them out of these situations. Life wasn't straightforward. It was not predictable. And it certainly was not comfortable. But they had... Faith, confidence that whatever came their way, whatever battle or wild animal or enemy or fire, that God was with them and God was for them. And that is true for you and for me as well. Now, we may not face some of the battles that are listed here, But I'm fairly sure, and I know as I look around at some of you, that we face many battles, health battles, financial battles, mental battles, relational battles, work, school battles, parental battles. And I'm sort of looking at some of the youth and parents, knowing that that comes from both ends. Spiritual battles, battles with self-doubt, with grief, with loneliness, with temptation, with sin, The list goes on and on. We face battles around us and we face battles within ourselves. Every single one of us, probably right now, is facing a battle of some kind. Everyone you meet this week is going to be facing a battle. And if we could just view one another in that way, we would be a lot more graceful with each other. Each one of us is facing a battle. You might feel weak in your life. You might feel under pressure right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you just feel like the whole world is against you. But if you hear nothing else, I want you to hear God is with you. And God is for you in the midst of your battles. Have a look at verse 34 of the passage we read. We read, their weakness was turned to strength. And I want to encourage you this morning to really believe that God can and will turn your weaknesses into a strength in his power. Have a look at verse 35. We read about women who received back their dead, raised again to life. Others had their sights set on the resurrection that lay ahead of them. But this this is our God at work. This helps us see and understand who is God and what does he do. When we get to the end of ourselves, the end of our ability and our strength, and we put all our trust in God, we begin to see his power and strength at work when we get to the end 
of ourselves. And this passage reminds us that God's power and strength looks divine. It looks God-shaped. It looks supernatural. It's about resurrection and renewal and restoration and transformation. God is the God of the miraculous. You know, I was at a, a gathering this week of church leaders, uh, not the church of England, but the church in England. And I'm here to tell you, it looks hopeful. The church in England is in good shape. And there were leaders there from all across the country who are leading churches that are thriving and spirit-filled and grounded in God's word of all different denominations. And I came away from it really encouraged. And um, there was uh, Rick Warren, who was sort of on a video talking to us. And he was sharing a bit about the global church. And I share with you, he said to us, be encouraged. Because you may think sitting in America or Europe that the church is in decline and in bad shape. And in many ways it is. But the church globally is reviving and resurrecting and growing at a rate that is faster than the population growth itself. In fact, the church is growing 100 times faster than the population growth. There's a stat for you. Did you know that? But it's growing in the southern hemisphere. 90% of believers in the world now are in the southern hemisphere. Why is the church growing so fast there? Could it be that it's because they believe in the God, our God, who is a God of supernatural, miraculous ways. And actually, this passage reminds us we've got to believe in a God of miracles. You know, it's, it's good to pray and it's good to come to church and it's good to be part of a small group. It's good to do all the things we're doing. But fundamentally, do we believe that our God can move mountains? Do we believe that he can perform miracles today? Do we believe that he can resurrect in so many different ways? Do you believe that? How is your faith? What do you really believe? You know, I'm, I'm jumping around a bit. Rick Warren said, the reason why, this was years ago, he didn't say it this week. He said, the reason why God works through me is because I expect him to. It's very simple and profound, isn't it? Do you believe that God can work through you in miraculous ways this week? God, through these verses, is telling the story of salvation through these men and women listed here in Hebrews. And I want to say to you, he continues to tell his story of salvation through you through your lives, through the places where you work and the schools you're part of, the places where you rest and do your leisure, through every interaction you have this week, God wants to move powerfully and miraculously through you. And here is the challenge, just in case you weren't challenged up to this point. We would like to think that somehow we've got to wait until our weaknesses are out of the way, that our battles are over and life is plain sailing before God could come and move in power. You know, I hear many times, David, I'd love to get involved in this or that, but 
I've got all these things going on in my life and I just can't. The truth is that God works in and through us because of our weaknesses, not in spite of them. He works through us because of our weaknesses. You know, someone once said that God uses pain to get our attention. Don't mishear me. I'm not saying God gives us the pain always. But he uses our pain to get our attention. And he cannot work through strong, independent people. Have a look at Hebrews. The whole Bible. He works through weak, surrendered men and women who are willing to take a step out and say, I trust you. I mean, without embarrassing him, Duncan is one of them. I'm sure Duncan's got all manner of things going on in his life at the moment. There's probably many reasons you you wouldn't get involved in CAP. But it's stepping out in faith in spite of those things that we're going through. And again, part of the challenge, and I sort of feel like this renewed sense to want to shake the church in England... It's because we're far too comfortable. We're financially, materially, every way too comfortable. And that comfort means that we end up and just look at the world out here, you know, Reading, our culture. We, we're not relying on ourselves. We don't need God. We, we make gods of ourselves. What's the mantra? Be who you want to be. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the words that are embedded on that vestry in there, when St. Paul is battling what is written as a thorn in the flesh, and we don't know what this thorn was, it could have been physical, it could have been spiritual, it could have been both. He pleads with God three times, take this away from me. And what does the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Or as it says in the message version, my strength comes into its own in weakness. Think for a minute of Jesus. You know, I regularly think about this piece of wood behind me, the cross. It didn't look good on the cross. You know, if you're facing some battle or weakness now, just remember it did not look good on the cross. But God, on the third day, God rose Jesus from the dead. He now is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you through the weaknesses and the battles that you face. And as we read in verse 40 of this passage, God has something better for us. Because those with faith look forward to glory, life forever with our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we're about to remember as we share communion together. Jesus' resurrection Well, first his crucifixion, his resurrection. And then as we are in this in-between place, waiting for his return. And we join in 
as we share communion with this story, this truth of God's strength in our weakness. And so I want to finish by encouraging you. Don't hide from your weaknesses. The weaker we become, the more we will see God moving in power. You know, Jesus said, deny yourself, die to self. It's a call to surrender, to weakness, because only then will God come and really move in power. Hudson Taylor, the missionary, said this, all God's giants have been weak men and women who did great things for God because they reckoned on God being with them. You and I have got no control over the battles that lie ahead of us this year. If you think you have any control in your life, resign now. You're wasting your time. There is only one person in control in this world, and his name is Jesus. But we do have control over how we respond to these battles. And these words of Hebrews again and again and again and again, tell us, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Childlike trust in Jesus, his strength in our weakness. Let's pray. So, Lord, as we come before you now, and as we come to this meal that you invite us to, as we remember your death and your resurrection, your ascension and your return, that we wait for and look forward to, just in a moment of silence now, we offer you our weakness, our insecurities, our questions, our battles, And we pray, Lord, and I encourage you to pray by faith. Come in power. Work in divine, miraculous, supernatural ways. Raise our faith. And just take a moment now to ask God for you personally to come and work his power and miraculous strength in your weakness. Raise our expectation, Lord, of who you are and what you are wanting to do through us, ordinary people, full of faith. Spirit of God, just shake off that timidity in your church, in this nation. Give us courage and boldness anew. That we would see you moving in miraculous ways as you do.
in pockets of this country, but mainly in the southern hemisphere. Lord, we, we long for their faith, for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. And so, Lord, as we come forward now and receive the bread and the wine, we offer you our weakness and we pray for godly strength. In your name, Jesus. Amen.